Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you for downloading the podcast, The Anos. Now, here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome into another piping hot episode of the podcast, The Anos. I'm Jordan Hall. And I'm joined, as always, by a man who's still inspired by Canadian waterfowl. It's Eric Wayne. Eric, how are you, buddy? Just keeping my, you know, goose hopes up, even though it's kind of petered out a little bit. Let's be real. Yeah, so we're clearly moving into week three now of the Rally Goose era. Um, the the players don't seem to be uh, losing any steam in that regard, but we may be a little bit due. Yeah, I'm seeing kind of a mixed reaction some people you don't know, want the goose to happen and others are like it can die now and i'm i'm having fun where appropriate but it's kind of dying yeah i mean it's it's like any other meme it it gets popular sure. for a while we make a shirt about it and then eventually it dies like that that is the life cycle of everything on the internet and, and that's fine yeah that's fine there'll be something else new that comes up and that will be great yeah, it'll probably just be for another team, a team that's uh, more interesting and that's winning more more baseball games. Ouch. Ouch. Um, I, I did enjoy the Indians Twitter. They they tweet something effective like retweet if you've ever been personally victimized by the rally goose. And then there was Jose <laughs> Ramirez like slamming his helmet down. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. The Indians uh, social media guy, individual, doesn't maybe it's not a man unnamed social media person seems to do a pretty solid job and it's probably more than one person it's pro- probably a team yeah probably um i i was actually looking into i was running some stats as one does um about the rally goose era we are now seven and six during the rally goose era which i didn't do the calculations but i believe that is a higher winning percentage than our season winning percentage so sure but the rally goose is like mediocre yeah, it's 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 not great because a goose, frankly, is a mediocre animal. We actually have a question about that that later on, so we'll we'll get into that later. Uh, yeah. So obviously, big uh, big story from the course of this week was uh, that the rally goose inspired a walk off homer by the Candyman mm. himself in extras on Sun on Saturday, two zero pitch from Cody Allen in the twelfth, and Candy gave it a ride. Um, that was that was probably uh, the most exciting moment of the season so far. And I missed it. I was watching minor league baseball at the Whitecaps, which was fun, but I I missed it. And I'm watching the manual scoreboard, and that's not quite the same as experiencing, you know, the visual. Fortunately, we live in an era where 30 seconds after it happened, you could see on Twitter what happened, and yeah. you might as well have lived it in in real time. It, it's I it's did. The same. It was a no doubter, though, right? Yeah, he Boom. got he got all of it. Um, we have actually questions about candy in in the Twitter questions uh, section too, but. Uh, he's I'm a more imp- really good player. I'm more impressed with the pitching performance that let them get to that point. I mean, they must have had some solid bullpen work uh, to be able to win it in the 12th. I mean, they held down the score for all those innings. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty impressive. This isn't quite a vintage Indians team, but it's still, there's still plenty of sock in that in that lineup. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so who do you who do you blame more for the dramatics? You know, that resolve for comebacks and and sticking out the 
the tough games. Is that the goose, or are we talking about the master of motivation? Stop it. Um, not not Osmus, who sulks when we're losing, but the guy who rallies the troops, Ron Gardenhire. You just stick to that story. That narrative is going to work for you for a while. I love you know, it because you can it's, just just go to it. It's actually like people are buying that, and I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily <laughs> discounting it. But when I said it the very first time, it was entirely tongue in cheek, and like it's kind of become a thing at this point. Um, I've been super impressed with Garden Hire, and I don't. Okay, so if the plucky come from behind spirit. Um, if I had to attribute points to that out of a hundred, I would say garden hire is maybe 10 points of that. Really? That, that's yeah, really interesting only, only 10. because yeah. there isn't necessarily a ton of difference in personnel from this season to last season. And what would you, so clearly. Yeah, there, okay. Th- my, you don't want to know my take is expectations. Okay. Yeah, I that's, think, that's I fair. think reduced expectations are lightening the load on these guys shoulders. And that is, that attributes to a majority of the go get them. We complete, we compete pluckiness. So it's a unburdening that that's the, that's the, I, okay. That's fair to me. That's mo- to me. That's most of it. Yeah. Expectations. Um, I, I think some of it is, um, the change in personality from very stoic veterans to maybe, um, funner or less experienced guys there therefore you get a little bit more chill environment and garden hires may be a part of it but okay so we have this fun and plucky attitude but is that necessarily making us a lot better i mean no it's just a funner attitude i mean i mean we are winning percentage better this year than we were last year we're uh games back in the division better at this point than i don't know we certainly than we finished i don't know about at this point anyway um true i I mean mean, we had the worst team in the in baseball last year i suppose i should you know recalibrate my thoughts on that yeah i mean clearly most of this is tongue-in-cheek it's you know guardy isn't in responsible for all of this but um he is maybe bringing make up your mind hall more of a culture change than i would have anticipated okay. um right. so anyway uh brings us this week's leadoff question what is your all-time favorite tigers walk-off moment well i mean there's a couple candidates all right I, but i mean number one has to be maglio's walk-off in the alcs right yep, i off, mean off houston street yeah and boom we're going to the world series that's pretty darn good yeah um let's see was um rajay davis's grand slam a walk-off trying to think that was a couple years ago i also remember one where cabrera and ryan rayburn hit him back to back to complete like a seven run comeback but i'm not sure if that was a walk off i don't think that one i remember that one i don't remember the rajay one so yeah i mean it's maglio right i mean that's the one that sticks to me yeah all, all super fun moments um i mags obviously like that is a forever you remember where you were moments like i I mean, I was, I was in my living room. It's not exactly like I was in an exotic location, <laughs> but um, I remember literally jumping up and down. I mean, we yep. were going to the World Series. Um, so that, that's I an all-timer. I remember where I was. I was um, in my friend Brian's. I was in my friend Brian's living room at his old house. And yeah, yeah, I remember where I was. Did you did you embrace? You know, it was very manly. Sure. Yeah, very macho embrace. Absolutely. Um, there was this a- is my same friend, Brian, who I took in the... Um, uh, Galarraga almost perfect game with so wow we've we've experienced the highs and the lows say, you and you and Brian have quite the rapport we should get Brian on the show yeah we, we'll get Brian I'm sure he'd eat that up <laughs> um, um, the the other but, one I had was a couple of summers ago Iggy beat out an infield single um, oh yeah it was he kind of did like a big flex after and it really felt that like um, it was going to be the start of this surge you know push on and win the division <laughs> um, it wasn't but it could have been <laughs> You know, Hicks bunt this year doesn't really, you know, stick in your mind as powerful. Uh, it does not. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's literally the opposite of powerful, but, you know, that's that's near the hurt nor there. All right. Let's run down some Tigers talk. Not uh, yet. Not yet. We have other no? things to announce. Oh, <laughs> fine. You put me in. Ch- OK, go. Uh, so June 16th, uh, the first annual mega podcast meetup. Uh, we talked about this last week at Fifth Third Ballpark uh, to watch the West Michigan Whitecaps play the Dayton Dragons. 
We will be there. Um, if you've ever listened to the show and thought, you know what? These two guys, I would like to meet them in person. You can, by all means. Come come and say hello. Um, we will sign all of the autographs that you want. Um, just kidding. Don't don't get us on on anything that you own. That would be absurd. Um, but Hookslide, uh, Raj and Chris from the, the Sports Radio Detroit podcast um, is go- are going to be there. We're going to do, uh, I believe, an hour and a half live show, hopefully talking to some Whitecaps players. Um, should be fun. Anyway, come out to the ballpark and see us see the white caps uh, hopefully see matt manning pitch i mean that that could happen yeah. that would be that would be fun um and also we have the uh podcastianos world cup challenge contest um here's what we need for you from you your world cup predictions for the semi-finalists uh which would be four teams the finalists which would be two teams the winner which would be one team uh and then golden boot which would be who uh which player from the tournament scores the most goals how many goals that player ends up scoring uh a breakout player and a bold prediction and email those to podcastianos at gmail.com uh and then the winner will receive a brand new shiny jeff coburnus uh signed baseball which i know some of you were questioning whether in fact i did have this and if this was a real prize i i do have this in fact i collected it myself um much, much. It like, is real. Is it a prize? It is a baseball for sure. You you cannot <laughs> sleep on the fact that it is in fact a baseball. Um, but anyway, we got a couple entries, uh, some interesting ones. Obviously, um, the World Cup starts on Thursday this week, so I will need to get your Eric's pod uh, predictions, yeah, yeah. and then uh, then we'll, we'll see who wins. I'm I'm quite sure it'll be me, but but you just never know. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at Jordan Hall twenty three. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at Podcastianos. On Instagram, I am at Jordino4, Facebook.com backslash Podcastianos. If you have a question for us and you don't have a Twitter, Podcastianos at gmail.com. Um, and we'd love it if you take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. If you've left us one in the past couple weeks, I apologize. I forgot to look. Um, eventually, we'll, we'll go back in there and read out some of the ones that we've gotten recently. We appreciate you guys doing that. That is what helps us boost up the, the various charts and um, gets more people to listen to us and more people to essentially fund our uh, Spotify subscriptions. I find that read by you very comforting. Do you? You know, it's something I can rely on every week. Every Thank week. You. It's almost exactly identical. <laughs> I don't even read it anymore. It's, it's almost borderline memorized. That's beautiful. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Janos. Um, ready to talk about the Tigers some more? Yes. All right, terrific. Um, middle of this week, the Tigers traveled a, a very short road trip, three games in Boston, where we promptly lost two out of three games the one that we won was against a young pitcher uh beak jalen beaks yep yeah and uh we got the best of him pretty quickly i think we scored five in the first um the other two games were not as impressive and to me i thought we looked a little bit overmatched in boston and the question i have for you is um uh, the, what prompts this question is that they were showing footage of Nico Goodrum kind of uh, getting the tour of the scoreboard at Fenway and they make a big deal out of it. Um, and, you know, Fenway is this kind of very quirky park, not only because of the dimensions, but also the age. It's historic and it's famous. And, um, you know, I saw clips of the Tigers players out there with their cameras taking pictures it shows up on Instagram and I'm wondering is uh, Fenway a psychological advantage for the Red Sox is it a disadvantage over and above other you know uh, away advantages if you know what I'm saying uh, for for them like it you know, are, are are visitors so uh, mesmerized by the park that they um, play worse, or is it just because the Red Sox are pretty good? I mean, clearly. The, Do you think the, there's anything to this? I think there's a little bit to it. I mean, if you're coming into a ballpark and you're overawed by your environment, um, it's almost like uh, playing in a World Cup final or something like that. Like, it raises the stage, I guess I would say, um, where – 
you're not okay. you're not just playing the game you're playing the occasion if you will um i can imagine maybe yep. the first game at fenway being that way but after after the first time you're out there like going back the next night it, it has to lose some of the mystique some of the um intensity like may, maybe game one of your very first series there but i guess i just don't see it um you know the cliche I'm... 60 feet it's still 60 feet six inches you know 90 feet on the base paths I don't know. Maybe there is something. I'm kind of to buying it, but... this. I'm I'm a believer in the psychological disadvantage for visitors going to Fenway because it's it's a weird park. Mm-hmm. And I think even back to um, the ALCS games that we had and lost in thirteen um, in Boston. I've completely think... blacked out on that. I, I have no no recollection of that. <laughs> it's smart. <laughs> Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind moment there. Um, you know, I, I think there's something something there where Boston and Fenway gets in people's heads. I mean, maybe I feel like that's for, that's for the week. <laughs> it sounds sounds kind yeah, of well. kind of macho, but um, no, I I just don't see how you can make it to the big leagues as a, as a player and then one ballpark doing that to you. Um, I can see, I can see an advantage, like a physical advantage to, you know, understanding how to play the monster better, the weird, sure. the yeah. weird right field. Like, I do think there's something in, in that, a, a small I'm incorporating advantage. all of that into this mix, yeah. you know, the, the old locker and everything. Yeah. It's, okay. it, it's, anyway. mar- it's marginal gains. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. And if the, if the Red Sox can get 3% advantage from, from that aura, the mystique, then, I mean, that's 3% percent the Tigers. If the if the Red Sox get three and we get minus three, they're already six percent ahead of us, and they're better to begin with. There you go. So yeah, uh, just a short uh, road trip in a long stretch of home games for the Tigers. Um, let's skip ahead and let's look at uh, our three game series with the Indians. We dropped two out of three against them. We are now five games back. Um, is this the beginning of the slide back to preseason expectations for this team? Or is the luster uh, coming off our pluckiness? We saw today some some errors in the field, and we looked a little eh. We looked crummy today. I would say, yeah, we looked sloppy. Uh Short answer to your first question is yes. This is, this is the beginning of um, – I might even just – uh, saying uh, regression to the means, Cleveland are a much better team than their roster or their their excuse me their their uh, stand the standings would say, and quite frankly, we're not quite as good as our record would indicate. Um, yep. I mean, it is more just uh, you know things going back true to form. Uh, did we play our best series against Cleveland? No, I mean. We we had we looked very sloppy today, and you know that's going to happen with a young team, um, and specifically against Cleveland, a team it's kind of been. I mean, obviously they're good, but even beyond how good they are, they've been our bugaboo the last couple of years. We've um, there's there's I think there I think there's something mental in that series, um, but I mean it's just a f- good team getting better versus a young team that's not great. That's not great. I mean that, that's kind of what yep. it come down came down to for me. How about this? We have played 18 games in 17 days. Mm-hmm. And actually, in those 18 games, we have a 10 and 8 record, which is pretty good. I mean, terrible. a lot of them were at home, right? Um, but uh, yeah, we've played every day and sometimes twice a day without a day off. And uh, so tomorrow they get a day off. And to me, there was a little something about just playing so much and grinding and grinding. It looked like it caught up with them today and not even just grinding they've had to uh compensate for some pretty serious injuries during that yeah. grind they've played guys yeah. in roles they're not used to i mean yeah. already Ar- Lowicki has started twice in that grind um yep. i mean like blaine is starting uh, yeah there's they're mixing them all in for, for hagen had a start in there um right? I, I would like to come out and and say this um I will never stop believing that blaine or that excuse me that drew is a, a could be a competent that Drew has a competent major league arsenal, but I'm ready to like, clearly a change needs to be made. Like he needs a a new set of uh, people looking at him, maybe a a fresh set of expectations. Um, The Drew in Detroit experiment. I, 
I could pro- it would save me a lot of, of hassle, specifically <laughs> on Twitter, if we just went ahead and pulled the plug on that. Um, for all of you people who uh, tweeted me if I saw his inning today, yes, I did. Thank you for, for noting that to me. Um, I only respond to positive Drew tweets, though, so you, you, should, mm. you should know that. Um, but I have to say, um, I'm prob- probably ready for this experiment to be done. Little rough, little rough. Well, let's get into it a little bit more. Let's let's uh, break down um, the highs and the lows of the Detroit bullpen. Um, uh, the let's start with the bad. Um, we've we've touched on Verhagen, and I am with you. Um, it's probably ready for uh, something new with him. Uh, yes. It's here's like these tools, but. It's not, it's not an arsenal problem. It has to be an approach problem. If you sequenced his pitches well, they each play up – or they're each good enough that they can be used correctly to be effective. Uh, clearly, he doesn't have an idea how to do that. McCann, you know, whoever's calling his games don't. He needs a new set of eyes trying to figure that puzzle out. And will the puzzle ever be figured out? I don't know. But you can't tell me that that fastball and that curveball don't give him the ability to get out major league hitters as a reliever. But there you go. It, it's it's time to end. It's time. It's going to cause us nothing but pain to keep running him out there. Specifically, me. Speaking of a little bit of pain, uh, Sean Shane, excuse me, Shane Green. Uh, let's see, not today, but yesterday, two days ago. Um, yeah. I'm trying to get my day yeah, straight. Yeah, we won yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, blew a save. Uh, we were. Uh, he gave up a three-run home run. It was a no doubter. That was a mistake pitch. But that was built on a walk, another hit, a long foul that could have been a home run. This was more than just one mistake that that Shane Green had made. Uh, it was a it was an ugly inning. Uh, Shane now has three blown saves, which isn't terrible. Eight- no. In 18 tries, um, a couple observations, I guess. The long ball is hurting him. He's got, I believe, six home runs in 31 innings. Where am I? Yep. Oh, that's, not, uh, six, that's not great. Six home runs in 31 innings. Um, and uh, so there was some talk trying to get t- trying to diagnose Green a little bit. Uh, Gardy was talking about his slider primarily uh, when because he's been throwing a lot of two seamers trying to stay away from the slider. He's got to go back to the slider, but when he gets kind of on the side of it, it moves laterally instead of getting that nice downward bite. Uh, and, and he's got to throw it right. Mm-hmm. So what what's what's your take on on Green? Uh, what's his role? What's the solid? How solid is his role? Uh, is he does he need to improve? What what do you what do you make of him? So just just from a purely mechanical standpoint, I look at Shane Green and it is all a release point uh, issue. I mean, clearly I'm I'm not a major league level pitching coach, but I think the problem is in that release point. Um, and I think you can attribute that like dude has trouble with feeling in his fingers. Like going back to his his problem last year, um, hmm. I. I have a hard time um, being too critical of a guy who still um, was not having full feeling in his. I mean, that is such a massive part of throwing a baseball is the release and, you know, the friction coming off your fingers as you're releasing that ball. Um, Getting on to your questions about role, like it's him and Joe, like those those, him and Joe are the two good relievers we have. Does it matter if Joe's in the eighth and he's in the ninth or he's in the eighth or Joe's in the, like he's clearly not been bad enough to take him out of high leverage situations. Uh, And if it's the eighth or the ninth, like, I I don't know. I would prefer to God. We've praised the Indians for letting Miller be that, uh, clo- that relief ace, mm-hmm. right? That's the title we use now, relief ace. Um, is it okay that Joe is a relief ace? Like that's modern thinking about bullpen usage. Yeah, the one thing with Joe, I would like to see the pace of usage slow down on him. <laughs> we are grinding. We are, uh, we're, we're not good this year. We're not going to win the division. Let's not, I mean, there's only, I feel like I say this about Fulmer all the time. There's only so many bullets in that arm. Let's not use them yeah. all up this year. Clearly, we want him to get reps so that he can improve and help us when we are good. Um, yeah. But if we blow his arm out this year, Joel Zumaya style, like, 
it's not going to do us any good in the future. Okay, so we have this compare and contrast with Shane Green and Joe, Jim, Joe Jimenez, right? Mm -hmm. So here's some interesting things. They Coming into today's game, they both th have thrown exactly 31 and a third innings. Wow. Ident identical. That's eerie. Uh, strikeouts. They both have exactly 34 strikeouts. Identical. Um, their walks are similar. Green has walked 10 and Jimenez has walked 8. Um, the real difference is uh, the home no runs else. and the earned runs. And so the, uh, Green is getting hit for more power. Green's given up six home runs. Jimenez has only given up one. And that has affected, you know, their respective ERAs and, you know, uh, FIPS. So, I mean, uh, Green has essentially twice, almost twice the ERA that Jimenez does. And, you, you know, 31 innings, it's a relatively small sample. I mean, maybe Green is getting a little unlucky, but yeah. it's not like uh, – the there's a huge separation between the guys. I mean, it's not clear that one is trash and one is, you know, yeah, absolutely, is absolutely yeah. off the charts. I mean, Jimenez is clearly excellent and way better, especially lately. Mm -hmm. um, but I I don't see any need to be clamoring for a role reversal. No, and None. you don't want to force Joe into the ninth inning, uh, especially considering Correct. you're going to. I mean, obviously, I just a, a, appealed for less usage, but if you put him as your closer. Essentially, the only time you're going to use him is in the ninth inning or, you know, 10, you know, whatever, when you're trying to protect the lead. Um, you're going to limit how many times we can use our best reliever. Um, I mean, clearly, Joe has a better arsenal than Shane Green. Like, I, I've always loved the stuff that Shane has. Um, but, I mean, Jimenez's pedigree coming through the minor leagues was, you know, unparalleled as far as relievers go. And... You know, I was actually talking about my this with my dad, and there we've big reached Steve. the big Steve. Yeah, um, we've reached the point where uh, Joe Jimenez isn't just our best reliever; like he's legitimately one of the best relievers in the American League at this point. Um, yep. But there, I don't know. It comes down to there just isn't really a point to doing it yet. If Shane right. continues to be, you know, not so great and you know gets worse, maybe we do it as a confidence rebuilder attempt for for Shane Green, but I don't know that there's anything to be gained in letting Joe uh pitch for an improved spot. Does that make sense? Yep. Let him thrive. He's thriving in this role. Yeah. Let him thrive in this role for a while. He's only 23 years old. There's plenty of time for his, him to close. Exactly. Anyway, um, do we want to talk more about the bullpen? Uh, we always have bullpen issues. Yeah. Um, uh, Alex Wilson is back. Is he going to give us something? Mm. Eh, maybe. Um, <laughs> Lewis, let's talk about bright spots. Lewis Coleman has been terrific. I love that arm angle. That It's, it's just so different than anything else we have out yep. there. Um, I mean, the stuff is fine. It's maybe a slightly above average, but just having somebody that can give you a different look to disrupt the timing, I, I love seeing that. Um, I mean, he's, he's a grinder. I like that. I, mm -hmm. I, I kind of like him. He's got a sub one whip. Um, his ERA is low. He's starting to get a few more innings going now as we as he trust as Guardy trusts him. So if we just to do a fun experiment here, if you had to uh, rank your confidence level in bullpen pieces, let's do it together. Okay. So number one is going to be Jimenez, it's right? Joe, for sure. Okay. Who's number two? Who are you second most confident still, about? Still, still Shane Green. Still Green. I yeah. would agree with that. Number three. Three's got three? It. three has to be Colt Lewis Coleman. Coleman next, I would say for sure. Who's number four? <laughs> uh, a tie with all of the rest of them. Uh, no. Right? Who are you trusting next? Probably yeah, exactly. marginally Buck. Maybe. Warwick last time out was pretty good. Like, it's it's just kind of a revolving door of... Uh, actually, probably Alex. I mean, Alex was halfway decent before he hit the DL. Um Trying to remember if he's Sopold's numbers are the best, the, the next best of the bunch. Yeah. Which seems weird because we are, oh, here comes Warwick, da, 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 da. But he's the best of that that grouping. Yeah. And, no, you know, people wise, always, I don't you know. know, people are always like busting on, why is this guy pitching? Why is that guy pitching? Oh, da, da, da. Who else are we going to run out there? Yeah. Somebody has to pitch. Yeah. 
it's not like oh let's pluck one of our aces from the mud hens and yeah. run them up like <laughs> we got who we got friends yeah in, in theory if if blaine goes back to the bullpen he probably would be that number four at least for the time being yeah yeah but reininger got sent down today he is, he is terrible he's victor reyes level t- terrible <sighs> and i mean that with all due respect uh, uh, you know, Barbado. How about um, Sandy Baez? That was a little flash. That was eye-opening. I, I will say that, especially um, after he saved uh, a sinking ship after my boy uh, Verhagen torpedoed that one. He uh, he looked very good. I was I poo-pooed right. that twenty-six man move. I'm like, come on, really? But I, you know, I stood corrected. Very, very much yeah. corrected. I just threw myself under the bus there with like, oh, who else are we going to call up? Well, Sandy Baez is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, we're to the point where it wouldn't shock me if he did get some bullpen run. I I know that they, they've been using him as a starter down in Erie, and you don't necessarily want to take him out of that mold right. and, until you're going to use him consistently. But, yep. I mean, we could conceivably use him consistently. That wouldn't be the worst thing. Yep. Okay, our bullpen we have a couple good pieces and a lot of ugh. Yeah, let's which, hope. Which, All to right. be fair, um, which is, is typical of the Detroit Tigers and of and of baseball in general. I mean, yep. Yeah, there you go. Not every team is okay, capable. Then moving along, um, the draft. We we talked about our first round pick in the last podcast, but I want to talk a little bit about the draft as a whole. M Life had a really fascinating article, I thought, where they interviewed. Uh, this would be Evan Evan Woodbury mm-hmm. uh, interviewed Scott Police. Plyas? Sure. Anyway, he's the director of scouting or whatever for the Tigers. And he made a couple fascinating points. Um, I think one of the key characteristics of this year's draft is we have drafted less uh, college SEC arms, (laughs) bullpen arms, um, in in hopes to run them up fairly quickly. And we have drafted more toolsy project uh lottery ticket type guys who have some projection and some tools that you can dream on a little bit Mm -hmm. but they're going to be several years out so um this was one of the questions when asked about the tiger's philosophy of drafting for high upside this year uh scott said every draft is different the talent level is different we always try to take the best player well yeah duh but in past years we were win 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 and we wanted to get guys quick meaning move up quick this year we're maybe more athletic which you always want to try to do it worked out that way too so that was the first kind of observation which i thought was fascinating um the second question, the second part of that I thought was interesting was on the role of analytics. And this is uh, Scott Place again saying, we've gone from zero to 100 really fast. And that's with the support of owner Chris Illich and, and Al Avila and everyone. Our analytics staff has been fantastic. They have been involved in every single pick. They do a fantastic job. The body of information that we have now versus four years ago, you can't even compare it which i thought was really kind of interesting here i am thinking all along like the analytics guys have at least a hand in it and here they're admitting like nope we haven't done any of that you yeah. know prior to four years ago not so. even in the slightest yeah that's which, that is alarming I, that's a that's a very um that's a strong indictment on dombrowski obviously he had his his strengths you know the anibal deal the biggie like trade i mean he's he we call him trader dave for a reason he wasn't scouter dave he wasn't you know drafter dave he was trader dave um but this was troubling to me to read this like all these sub standard drafts and you you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Oh, maybe they just had some bad luck or this or that. But you start to wonder, like, were they they're asleep at the switch a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think there's any way you can read it other than that. I mean, so he says now versus four years ago. So you take four years ago as, in my opinion, when this you know revolution started. Everyone in baseball, I thought, was well up on the analytics game at yes. that point. Moneyball is an old book now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's even even the movie which came out so many years after like Jonah Hill has lost weight and then gained weight and lost weight and gained weight a bunch of times even since the movie. Like 
it is it blows my mind that four years ago we were just like nah we're we're good on those numbers things gosh well and i think the second theme we're talking about is related to the first theme i think the analytics might suggest um you draft uh more toolsy guys who can grow yeah they're a little more risky but the chance of you getting more war out of their big league career is enhanced yeah you're never going to draft a mike trout when you keep drafting chance ruffin all the time I mean that, that's I, what I like chance roughing, but you're right. You're right. I mean, right. You get these uh, high floor guys, right? Yeah. And that's that's not conducive to to gaining excellence. Yeah, you're, it's conducive to having a bullpen piece you can run up after two years, which was really maybe what the Dave Dombrowski year is called for. Yeah, and, right? and maybe that became a mental thing for Dave. Like, clearly, I haven't been able to address this address this issue through free agency, through trade, and whatever. I mean, clearly, he, he was not able right. to do that. Um, maybe I just keep trying let's take this guy out of Texas. Let's take this guy out of Tennessee and whoever can, yeah. can throw a hundred out of the bullpen first right. comes up. I mean, right. that, all that's the Ryan Perry's, the Ryan Perry's of the world. Yeah. Right. So anyway, I, I'm, are, are you encouraged by kind of the, the new approach? Uh, do you have more faith in Al when it comes to the draft? I think you have to, I don't, I don't think there's any way of reading this that, that would leave you less confidence. Um, do I see, here's the thing. So we are now, I feel like where everyone was probably four years ago, just being in on the analytics game doesn't mean that you're using analytics. Well, Mm -hmm. I like the fact that we're using them. Now I want to see, uh, competence in using them. And, you know, only time will tell if we're actually good at using them. Um, but you have to have to start to be able to be good in the first place. So it is, It's definitely a, a step in the right direction. Well, and this is where you can make some hay with analytics, and that is personnel evaluation and selection. I mean, there's a few things you can do strategy-wise, tactical elements-wise, but a lot of it is evaluating personality personnel. So I, I hope it helps. So anyway, uh, one more Tigers topic before we get into some nonsense. Uh, Tory Hunter returned to Detroit uh, this weekend for the Negro Leagues weekend. Um, he received the Willie Horton award. Um, and I think it's really neat that they celebrate the Detroit stars, a lot of the, the Negro league guys along and just to celebrate kind of the African-American contributions and, and culture and baseball, I think is really cool. Um, but what is your take? What is the, what was your take on Tory Hunter's legacy in Detroit? For better or worse, Tory Hunter, at least in my mind, will always be remembered, uh, legs up in the Boston bullpen. I mean, right. that, when I think of the so Tory Hunter... So you didn't black it out. No. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of the Tory Hunter era in Detroit, that is what I think of. Was he good for us? Yeah, he was a pretty good ball player for us for a couple of years. Uh, I mean, clearly he's going to mean more to Minnesota than he will to Detroit. He played a couple of years in the twilight of his career in Detroit. He was good. He was fun. He was yeah. per- personable. Um but I mean, I don't necessarily thought think he lit the world on fire when he was here. I mean, he I feel like his biggest contribution was kind of make, making Austin Jackson a little bit better for a few Aprils and, and Mays uh, to start seasons. I mean, that, that I don't know. I, I appreciate Tory's Tory Hunter's contribution on the field, but. I, I never was part of the cult of Tory Hunter, if that yeah. makes any sense, because mm-hmm. he had this like a personality that preceded him. Oh, he's so fun. He's so charming. And I never really bought into that. I always thought, you know, uh, it's a, not put on, but I just thought it was a little bit. Oh, you know, yeah, I, I wasn't buying into it. I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, he means he means more to the twins. He means stuff to the angels. Yeah, I'm glad he contributed. I don't have any ill will toward him, no, but absolutely not. I'm not like uh, thinking of his Tigers years. I'm not like all rah rah about him. They they were a lot largely forgettable. I mean, even with his huge, he had some really good years, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in it. In the end, we didn't win a World Series a couple of years that we absolutely should have with him. I mean, the, the year we traded for David Price, uh, we'll never get that year back. That was a year that we not could have won a World Series. We absolutely should have, and, and we didn't. Yeah. And that's not necessarily his fault, but he certainly is part of that team that's so grossly underachieved. 
Right. Yeah. Right. If we win the World Series, the script is totally different Mm -hmm. and we're celebrating him in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, time to move on to things you saw alongside of the road while running. Um, so I actually don't have any uh, stories from the side of the road. Um, we, we Northern Michigan seems to have been doing a good job of, of not throwing crap out of their windows onto the road. So kudos good as job. far as the lack yeah. of littering. Um, but Thank I, you. I do, <laughs> I do have a uh, name that tiger uh, trivia yes. game for us. Oh man, um, I love these. Okay, so this is a pitcher. Uh, okay. I, that that's okay, good. that's not an official clue. That that is just okay. giving. Uh, so I give Eric clues, and he has to guess which tiger I'm referring to. All right, first clue. I was born May tenth, nineteen eighty six, in Winfield, Illinois. Nineteen eighty six. So this makes this guy like thirty two. Is that right? Give or take, yeah. Okay, and where Illinois? Winfield, Illinois. Okay, I have a guess. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so pissed if you get this. Go ahead. I'm going to write it on this piece of paper and hold it up to the camera and so our v, our listeners can play along. Let's see if let's see if I uh You were incorrect. By, by, he's okay. like 50. Granderson? Yes, he was born in like 74. Get out of here with that. He was he's not. He's not he's younger than I am. That's got to be. That's not saying much. 9 tenths of the of the country. Okay, so Illinois, and he's about 32. What do you got next? My middle name is Weber with two Bs. Uh, it's not Thad Weber, obviously. No, that would that would be a, a great middle name for Thad. Thad uh, Weber. His Weber. middle name is Weber, and he's a pitcher. He is a pitcher. Does he play for us, or can I? Um, not anymore. He's Tigers related. Yes. Okay. Uh, I was drafted by the Tigers in the third round of the 2007 draft, and I debuted for the Tigers in 2012 for the big league club, obviously. Debuted in 12. No name is Weber. Ugh. Seven I, I love how you're repeating the, the middle name is Weber as if that's a clue that will eventually stimulate It's going to help me. It's going to help me. All right. Next. Maybe their parents were, like, uh, infatuated by by Chris Weber or something, you think? That feels um it's a timeline add up. I don't, I don't think that that works, but maybe. I don't know. Okay, um, I, I, need I was ejected on J uh on July 11th for throwing a first pitch sinker up and into Alexi Ramirez immediately after surrendering surrendering oh, a grand gosh. slam to noted slugger Josh Fegley. He was ejected on the first pitch. Um, Not of the the first pitch after Josh Fegley hit a grand slam off of him. Luke Baconin. Ah, you got it. I can't believe it took me this long to get Lupu. I, he's my boy. He is. Uh, the other clues. I ended my career with exactly a zero point zero wins above replacement, and <laughs> in my final season with the Tigers, my ERA was thirty two point four zero. Uh, I was known for my lack of varied facial expression, (laughs) and the last clue was Eric really likes me. It's Lupu. I I had a strange infatuation with Luke Baconin. I wonder what he's up to. Is it past tense? (laughs) Okay, I have an ongoing infatuation with Luke Baconin. If you know Luke Baconin... um, Tell him I'm not like stalking him, but like I'd want him. I want him to resurface. 
Dude, Where you, are you, Lupu? You have so many connections. You got to be able to get in touch with him. <sighs> Somebody's got to know Lupu. Yeah. Like, is is he retired? Like, is he selling cars or is he real estate or so I, investment I went, planning? Like, those are the big. I went to a page entitled Luke Pitcone Facts, and there literally <laughs> was nothing on the list. Like, it was just a blank. I'm I'm assuming it was just he was part of a database that had facts for, you know, yeah. any like a fake Wikipedia, if you will a knockoff Wikipedia and they literally had no facts for him. So okay. I, I have I, nothing to add. I have to confess. I w I would feel absolutely horrible if Luke Baconin that, you know, really had some like emotional health issues or something like that. And just like his face wasn't normally just kind of a somber thing. I would feel really bad about that, but I genuinely love Luke Baconin. Like when he came up, like he had good stuff. Like yeah. I was kind of digging him I, in, and his his constantly sullen <laughs> expressions are priceless. The anyway, gift that yeah. you made of just a, a what collage of Lupu faces that was just all the same face. That was one <laughs> of the most you know we we all say LOL all the time. I literally yeah. laughed out loud when I saw that. Did you see the um, the death metal uh, Lupu video that I made? Probably. I don't know. It was, it was a while back, no? <laughs> it was a few months that I had strong infatuation with Luke Baconin. Sorry to the entire Baconin family. <laughs> I'm sure they forgive you. <laughs> All right. Um, moving along. Um, my beef of the week. Something I love is Luke Baconin. Now I'm going to complain. So I was at the Whitecaps game, and I, I bought good seats because yolo and um that's so, but i have spotify money you're diversifying your account <laughs> but i happen to be not in the end of a row but i'm sitting along the crease where the row bends yeah if that makes any sense mm -hmm. so i i don't know how my family's piling in there i get sit sat right on the crease and there happens to be a man about my size you know, maybe a little bigger, actually. And um, so the crease is making our legs come <laughs> together. Not, not only that, this guy is is manspreading. Are you familiar with the concept of manspreading? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to be too harsh because I am an I'm an admitted manspreader. Right. If if I have room for it, you know, I'm I'm spreading those legs. It's comfortable. Yeah, why, right? why would you not if given the option? Right. Yeah. Like that's a comfortable way to sit. And for men, that's fine. You know, but this guy is kind of man spreading in my space. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of leaning over and kind of occupying half of my kid's seat, which is fine. But it's kind of uncomfortable. And this guy is occupying space that clearly belongs to me. <laughs> Stop manspreading in my space. You can manspread if it's like ample room, but don't manspread when it's not your space. Now, did you make any uncomfortable leg-to-leg -leg contact? Yeah, a little bit. You know, you kind of like touch his foot, like when I'm trying to move around. And did he have sweaty know. legs? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't altogether pleasant. Okay, because I'm pretty sure I would have to cut off my own leg if I had leg-to-leg -leg contact with somebody with a sweaty leg. Like you won't wear jeans for a second day in a row, let alone touch another man's leg. Exactly. I have standards. <laughs> Absurd standards. Okay, it's, it's fine. I asked, I tweeted to this, would you wear shorts on an airplane? Yes, of course. Only, only a deviant wouldn't. But are you not worried about leg-to-leg -leg contact because you're next to, like, somebody? Well, typically, um, Whitney will sit in the middle. So I, I, I generally it will, it will either sit like on the window or on the edge. So you're making her deal with stranger skin. Uh, yeah, apparently, apparently, I mean, that wasn't the intention, but I guess it's an added bonus. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, that's what marriage is all about. <laughs> Throwing your spouse <laughs> under the bus so that I, I don't have to ice. talk to a, to a, a rando on an airplane. Yeah, that's great. I do the same thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, that's what kids are for. That, yeah. They, they're littler typically, so yeah. you get to kind of, sh you know, infringe on some of their space. I finally, found a reason, reason for them so, to so procreate. Someone to put, but put between you and the rando next to you on a on a flight. 
And so, and so it's cause like you can get cotton candy and just have like a little bit and justify it. Cause your kids mound down cotton candy. You're better than that. I got a little bit like, I'm not going to eat a whole bag, but I have a little taste the cotton candy. Just, just wet the beak. Yeah. That's, just, <laughs> that's right. Um, so that's our segments for the week. Hello, this is Eric's mom and you're listening to the podcast. Yanos. Do we have Twitter questions, oh, Jordan? Do we have Twitter questions? So many Twitter questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, like we said, if you typically Eric will send out a uh, you know send us questions tweet um, because uh, people people see and respond to him far more than me. I, I don't. Jordan's take it a little. He's a little insecure about his Twitter asking. Um, but you also can uh, send us an email uh, podcastianos at gmail dot com. We actually have one for this week, so um, I'll, don't don't let me forget to read it out because I'm pretty sure I had it for last week and forgot. Okay. Okay. First one comes in from Nicholas Holler. He asks us, uh, "Does Fulmer need to pull a Mad Max and get some time in Toledo?" No. No. Especially after his last start, his last start was super good. Yeah, and. Have you not seen that Artie Lewicki has started for us twice? If it's not Michael Fulmer, who are we going to start? I mean, we're going to have to sign Miles J off Carpenter? the street to come in no. and pitch for us. Miles J. We, I, I've had enough Carpenter, too. Carpenter is not what one would call hashtag good. Right. Uh, did I tell you that I'm I'm like 74% sure that the last time we were at Comerica, we were sitting, sitting behind Ryan Carpenter's family? They were either that or they were the only person in the ballpark enthused about watching Ryan Carpenter pitch. Like they, they were very into him. You'd have to assume it's somebody that knew him or family or whatever. Did you have good seats? Um, We were like three rows behind the bullpen. um, So it could be his family. If the the seats were crummy. Yeah. So I tried to keep my comments to a minimum and then eventually we moved up to be in the shade. Um, But yeah, it was, I, you know, it, nobody wants to watch Ryan Carpenter pitch. Uh, the next one comes in from Peter uh, at Frogtown Tigers. He asks us, what rally animal is the best animal? Okay, so in baseball, we've had the goose. Mm-hmm. Um, is it the Mudhens who had the possum? Yeah. The possum? Um, also, I feel like there's been the mantis like a couple years ago. The, that was that was the, the Royals, Frank, Frank right? Mantis. Yeah. So that's yeah, clearly I the worst. So. Yep. So I don't know. It, to me, the criteria are you want something that's going to show up. So like you're not going to have a rally elephant. Like no elephant's just going to come into yeah, your it, ball. It has to be feasible. Right. And it's got to just like stick around for a little bit. And it can't really right? endanger anyone, right? I mean, you couldn't no, have like a rally swarm of bees or something. <laughs> rally midges. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking like, a goose is pretty good. I mean, a squirrel. I feel like a squirrel would be good. Yeah. On on the scale, those are probably about your tops. I mean, I don't know. You, I mean, you don't want a the... pigeon. That's ridiculous. No, pigeons don't stick around, and they're just like flying rats. Nobody wants them. Nobody wants them. I don't know. What? So, goose is good. Squirrel, uh, rat, rabbit. We have rabbit. a we have a neighborhood yeah, rabbit yeah. that just shows up like here and there in the neighborhood. I, I actually kind of like him. I named I named him Johnson. Um, so now anytime we see a rabbit in the neighborhood, I tell Whitney that there's there's Johnson. You're a weird guy, Hall. <laughs> I don't necessarily think so, but but whatever. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. <laughs> Anthony Troya uh, asks us: Is it me, or did we absolutely fleece the Cubs for Jamer Candelario? I don't think the Cubs anticipated him being quite as productive as he's been. Quite frankly, neither did we. I mean, yeah, neither did we. Significantly better than even right now in year like essentially he's finished about a full year at this point. He is significantly better than even I had any wild yep. dreams for. So, yes. And we are we are getting some work out of this kid too. We are running him out there almost every day yeah. in the top half of the lineup and expecting big things from him. He's bad in cleanup and he's playing a average third base defense or yeah. a serviceable third base. The kid's dynamite. So to answer your question, yes, kind of. And not only that, but he he is so demanding on the other starting pitcher too. Like he takes so many pitches. Yes. Um, that it, I mean, even if he doesn't come away with, hitter. yeah, with a, a hit from an at bat, he still contributes almost every time up. It's, uh, it really is something uncommon to see from a hitter his age. 
uh, definitely like him. He's he's hard player to like love. You know what I mean? Like he's he's clearly a very good player. I just haven't seen enough personality from him, and I don't know. Maybe he doesn't speak great English, um, but I. I want to love him. I, I just that's pretty good. Does he? I just need to. I just need a little bit more personality from him before I can like fully invest. Um, yeah, try to try to check on an interview from him. I, I've seen some him speak for kind of extended periods, and he's engaging. He's a lot of fun. Is he? Sure okay. to catch on. Yeah. yeah, I just and not only from that Cubs deal, we got Isaac Paredes from them too on that deal. By all accounts, should be a stud. I'm just I'm curious he, if he's going to be small enough for Lynn to like him. I, I think that's the <laughs> that's no the big question. This. Yeah. Parade is, is um, for position players, like top two or three most exciting players that we have. Yeah. I mean, outside of Daz Cameron, I mean, then it's Isaac Paredes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Chinny at Chinny's tweet, Twits asks us, do you guys listen to any other baseball podcasts excluding the 619, of course? Uh, not faithfully, but I'll listen to the Bless You Boys. I'll listen to Chris and Roger occasionally. Occasionally. Uh, I, st- I still haven't listened to the 619. Have they done another episode? No, I think just the one. Yeah, That's one, worth checking out. One hit out. wonders. Um, to be honest, I typically only listen to soccer podcasts. I don't know what, if that makes me some sort of uh, baseball podcast snob. But um, I, I love watching baseball. But talking about baseball and listening to other people talk about baseball just doesn't interest me as much and i i listen to podcasts when i run like that's pretty much the uh only time i listen to podcasts um so i need something that's like constantly taking my mind off of the fact that oh i'm running for an hour um so no i i primarily listen to soccer podcasts if you want a recommendation for a soccer podcast i'm your guy i've listened to them all um brett yoder asks us are you surprised guardy is actually using some analytics to influence his lineups um a little bit I mean, this is kind of best case scenario, I think. I mean, he's not going over and above, but he'll mix in a little bit of analysis. Yeah, he is more open-minded than I was expecting, which, like you say, is is healthy. I don't think he is um, maximizing the usage. Correct, yeah. And it doesn't matter for this year, um, but I am pleasantly surprised by how much he has used. I am enjoying Garden Hire a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. I, I've said that probably a couple times now, but it's true. I completely agree. Uh, Bradley Moyer at Detroit underscore Brad says, over under on how many 619 podcasts will Green be on before he gets traded or DFA'd? Ouch. Shots fired by Bradley. Several. Stop being so pessimistic, Bradley. <laughs> um, yeah, I I mean, I he's clearly not getting DFA'd. Like, that, that that's no. absurd. Um, I don't think he's on track to be traded this year. I think the real the real question here is how many uh, shows they actually make. It's really easy yeah. to make like one or two and, and call it. Um, yeah, I would I would be surprised if they reached six. I feel like five and a half is kind of my over under. I would agree with that. I'll take the under. Um, Seth at this Seth. So it's not any other Seth. It is this specific Seth. He asks us, what free agents will rescue us next year? It's way too early for that. I don't know. I mean, there's one clear answer. Actually, there's two clear answers. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to sign both of uh, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Um, Stop. So that's probably who will, will rescue us. Um, maybe if we DFA Verhagen and then bring him back, he can rescue us. <laughs> right. Uh, Mr. Pagna- Pagnani? Pag- Pag- Pagnani? I'm assuming it's Italian. He asks us, is anyone interested in road tripping to see the Tigers play in Cincinnati? Um, I'm probably not going with you. Uh, too many painful memories of Harambe in Cincinnati. Um, but if anyone's interested in that, <laughs> tweet tweet him. At, it's just at, mas, mis, at MR, like Mr. Uh, Peg Nani. I'd, I'd seriously want to go visit Great American Ballpark. I mean, I think that would be fun. And and have you seen the Blue Bridge in Cincinnati? I no. don't know exactly what it's called, but it's a really cool looking bridge. Obviously, gosh dang it! Obviously, it's blue. Um, <laughs> you you know, I have a, a bit of a fascination with bridges. I really want to walk across the the Blue Bridge in Cincinnati. That's kind of a kind of a goal of mine. I'll eventually get there. I have to get to PNC too. That's probably higher on the bucket list. PNC is the number one baseball related experience I've had. Like it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, my, my three big things in life are, uh, baseball bridges, skyline and animals. Actually that's four. Um, and 
you have baseball bridges and skyline from your seat like it's it, it is really really something i highly highly recommend pnc uh our buddy jacob skronik asked us which player a uh, tigers player would be best match for the season's bachelorette becca k uh do you watch it i don't but there's no way you don't i do not you... I, I refuse i can't be in the same room when the bachelor is on really i can i cannot tolerate it. i, I have, never no, would have guessed and that. i'm not even i'm not even being facetious like i cannot be in the same room when the show is on because it drives me nuts with like this fake manufactured love it's not even love it's just a show and i just can't stand it i, I would have bet every dime that i had that you were a big oh. bachelor bachelorette fan no i can't i can't take it all right uh, Evan, but Jacoby uh, Jones is the answer. <laughs> uh, Evan Witt at EWitt88 asks us, Artie Lewicki, why? Uh, I think we kind of covered that. Um, who else? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, there there simply are no other options. Um, he's, Lewicki was fine he's today. He's actually been okay. Like, I, I don't think he's a very talented pitcher, um, but he has been – shockingly not terrible over his what four-ish appearances so far this year he's fine uh brady asks us how are babies made uh, go ask your parents <laughs> um and the safe answer and the last one comes from dominic Fricasa. he says is anyone else uh, a bit disappointed with the state of our outfield defense particularly nick I know he's still transitioning, but I find myself cringing every time he has to cover any ground to make a play out there. No, I'm not disappointed with Nick, particularly. Yeah, I actually, um, I'm more impressed with the outfield defense this year than I've been in several years. Uh, Martin is an adequate defensive center fielder. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, when he's paying attention, he can throw too. Yeah. We, we've run Raji Davis out there in center field. Like we, yeah. we scrape the bottom of the barrel. Uh, Jacoby is a pretty decent outfielder. Uh, Victor Reyes clearly isn't. I, I actually, I don't have any issues with the, the outfield defense. It's, it's right. not good by any stretch, but it's, it's fine. I mean, what more do you want? We're, we are a fine baseball team at this point. No, no area of the of the team is more than eh, it's fine. Yeah. So I feel like you're neglecting an important Twitter question that we got. And that is from Zach uh, at Montana Bad Boy. He asks, what exactly is a bung hammer? Are you familiar with the, why this question is a question? I have to admit the reference uh, skipped over me. Here we go. So they announced it last night at the Whitecaps game. This is the West Michigan Whitecaps. And for a game, they're doing what a lot of minor league teams are doing and that they're changing their name for a day as kind of a gimmick. So they had a big video. And so for one game in uh, August, they will be the Beer City Bunghammers. <laughs> and they had... The whole shop was full of bunghammer gear. Some of it was cool and some of it was in. Eh. So he's asking the question, what exactly is a bunghammer? Well, let me tell you. You would know the answer to this. Of course. A bunghammer is for pounding the bung into the bunghole. Right? So you have a <laughs> you have a barrel full of beer. This is a wooden barrel. How do you get the beer into the wooden barrel? Well, there's a hole. You get the bung hole, right? It's a hole in the barrel. So you fill up the barrel with beer through the bung hole, and then you take the bung, which is a wooden plug, and you position it in the bung hole. And how do you seal it? You take this gigantic hammer, which is the bung hammer, and you pound it. You smack the bung until it jams and seals the bung hole, and thus sealing your beer. You learn something new every day. All right. So I I understand the premise of the name change. But do you find any peculiar overtones with uh, the naming of the with the bong hammers? Do you, I don't. Do you? No. no. Not in the Please. slightest. <laughs> I got to I got to check out the gear. That that's something I would invest in. The the hats are super cool. 
they they're really cool and they had this kind of um yellowish bunghammer shirt and i I was a little tempted to get it but you know i'm trying to reconcile the 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 bung overtones with the bung hammers uh i suppose go big or go home right with the name not that not that there's anything wrong with that no it's just like peculiar i don't know peculiar that that does feel like it sums it up pretty good yeah anyway so that's the reason for the question about the bung hammers check out um i think it's bunghammers.com and you can see i better i better preview that make sure <laughs> make sure it's safe yeah, I, don't, I don't think we've had an explicit tag on any of our shows this, this one might draw the first no it's not it's a completely normal thing that normal people talk about uh, no, that don't go to bunghammer.com. I don't think it, it's something like that. Anyway, I'll look it up and I'll tweet it. And, but this was huge with the Whitecaps last night. They're showing videos and promoting it and modeling their gear. It's a thing. In my experience, if you have to say that it's something that normal people talk about, there's a pretty good chance that it is <laughs> not, in fact, something that normal people talk about. But uh, here we are. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at Jordan Hall 23. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at Podcast Giannis. If you want to come to the first annual podcast meetup in Grand Rapids, I have some info. I, I just pulled up a graphic that Raj made. This is what it says. Hook slide from the Voice of the Turtle podcast. Roger and Chris from the Tigers uh, Sports Radio Tr- Detroit show. Jordan and Eric from the podcast Ianos. Special guests from the Whitecaps. Uh, and you can listen live on sportsradiodetroit.com starting at 4.30. Um, yeah, come along. Come watch the Whitecaps play the Dayton Dragons. Get your bunghammer hat. Um, and it'll, it'll, it'll be a good time. Uh, where did I cut off in the leave us a review? I don't remember where I, yep. where all I was. And remember, email uh, podcastianos at gmail dot com uh, with your World Cup predictions, all the things that I mentioned earlier, um, and win yourself that Jeff Coburn is baseball. I got it right here. He imaginarily points to a baseball that's on the floor, but I'm just <laughs> kidding. It's it's in a box. I'll I'll have to look for that bad boy. Uh, Eric, anything else say to the people before we get out of here for the week? Yes, it's bunghammers, plural, dot com. When bunghammers. just one bunghammer isn't enough. Yeah, bunghammers.com. And you can, and the, sub, and the subtitle is Hitting the Sweet Spot. Gosh, what is wrong and, with people? And they have, um, they have why they have bunghammer gear. The, the little logo is uh, a pint glass, mostly full of beer, swinging a bunghammer and hitting a bung. It's pretty. It's and it's got its tongue sticking out. It's it's pretty. It's pretty good. All right. Um. With that being said, we will catch you guys next week. And eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 